0: All right. so sitting here in my basement recording studio the last time that we did this and i am here with my esteemed now kayak distributor and rep extraordinaire formerly shop owner the artist known as shop owner dan arbuckle
1: yeah it's good to be back man it's been a little while since we've done this and uh it's nice to round table back and kind of discuss the craziness that has been uh basically the pandemic. Last time we did this, I was sitting in a kayak shop and, uh, uh, yeah.
0: You were hiding out in your van outside your kayak shop because you couldn't get away from the craziness. And that was three years ago before super craziness. that was 2019, 2019. So, you know, Dan and I were, we've, (laughs) I guess the last three years, we did try to record one of these somewhere after the first year of the pandemic And we just never really put it out. Maybe I still have it. Maybe we will. Um, So it'd be kind of fun to listen back to you. But so this last podcast that we did was in 2019. My daughter was celebrating her 10th birthday. And and that was actually just last weekend, her 13th birthday. So three years exactly. So how you been?
1: Oh, wow. It's a loaded question. (laughs) I've been great. You know, it's been great. We've had a lot of changes since the last time we did this. I mean, I was living in Lodi running a paddle sports shop. Uh, we've moved our whole family. We've shut down the store. We've changed business models. Uh, still doing the headwaters thing, but just kind of a completely different uh, business model now. And uh, we're helping other shops. It's, uh,
0: you know, you basically went through one season as a retailer in the Super COVID. Like, as the puzzle, 12,000 pieces were thrown on the table. A jigsaw puzzle of trying to figure out what do I do now, mm-hmm. and you went through a whole season of that. Then, kind of sold your location and the inventory within it to Lodi Paddle Sports. So it continues on. Made a whole move, and then had to figure out how to be a distributor and rep through like the most crazy supply chain thing possibly. You know this country's really had during relative peacetime. You know this has been nuts.
1: Yeah, it was it was super nuts. I mean I in twenty nineteen I decided to move to Shingletown for the winter and take a winter off. I've been working a decade in the kayak store and we had good management team in place and I said I'm gonna I mean I say take the winter off. I work remotely basically for the winter, plow out snow for my grandma, live somewhere different. My wife had quit her job, we started homeschooling and we just we needed a change of lifestyle and the plan was to move back to our house in march put the kids back um well i guess we they weren't going to go back to school but we were kind of going to get plugged in i was going to go back to work at the shop and uh you know march 2020 came around and all of a sudden the pandemic happened and we're like well why do we need to rush back to the city we got it pretty good up here in the woods you know, we we'll, you know, we laid everyone off we had one employee that was kind of answering phone calls and, uh, shipping stuff out when it made sense. And we didn't know what to expect. And, uh, then, you know, I think it was a weekend. My employee, Josh calls me up and he's like, dude, the phone will not quit ringing. Everyone's stuck at home and they have a million kayak questions because of the YouTube channel. I need help in here. And what do you think about us selling stuff out the back door? Here's how I'm doing it. We'll, I'm ringing the people up over the phone and then setting the boats out back and they're picking up. And I'm like, dude, if that works, like anything we can do to keep this ball rolling. Well, I mean, we all know how it went. It was just absolutely mind-blowing insane with the amount of traffic and people that got a stimulus check, had some extra time, got into paddle sports.
0: Felt safe doing it. Yeah. Outside,
1: away from other folks, something we could do.
0: Yeah. A little bit of a release every time I paddled that. That spring, especially during the deepest of lockdowns where I had some forest spots I could go to, I uh I felt like I was away from it for that second. And so I think now looking back, you know, if even the smallest percentage of a percent of Americans decided this is what they were gonna do during it, paddle and bike and run, mm-hmm. any industry, and now you're hearing about it with flights. So you know, now three years later, everyone's getting back at it, and flights—the demand to fly places—is gone nuts, and plane tickets have doubled. And yet, the supply was relatively shortened because they had to lay off flights and routes. Mm-hmm. And, and so, they're getting barraged with it. The travel world is literally in the same way that we did. Now that people are coming out of it, um, to some extent, though inflation and like the current economic situation might be slowing that a little bit. But so now, plane tickets are twice as much. The funny thing was the paddle sports industry in 2019 was a relatively soft year. So most manufacturers were kind of in that mode, kind of huddle in, Mm -hmm. do your sales, take care of your customers, market. And that all changed. As a rep, my perspective of that, the first four to eight weeks of that was all of our customers canceling orders or saying at least they couldn't take them. But some of the biggest ones straight up canceling and the manufacturers, it was at a time february march april that they had built up the inventory levels yep and then the people the you know the retailers who of course were confused on what to do next and what would come next called around and said we can't take this <laughs> and i had man, vendors of mine saying oh my gosh we have all you know very wounded. it could have potentially be very wounded and then eight weeks later it was i'll take this and anything else you have
1: totally i mean the next that- two years yeah. That's how I got my start as a distributor. I mean, I had been distributing feel free when I had the retail store because we had the warehouse and we had been selling other shops, boats for the past four years, but it was, you know, I think it was, we maybe did 14 containers a year at that point, not that big of a distribution side of the business. It was mostly retail, but what happened to us is MEC in Canada canceled five containers of kayaks. And uh, Jim who I work with at feel free us called me up and said, Hey, these kayaks are sitting in port in Vancouver. There's no way we can turn them around. Is there any way you can bail me out and find a place to park, you know, what was it, like 400 boats? And I called around and I found a retailer that owned their building in Klamath Falls. And I said, like, hey, Mike, here's the deal. I know it's a pandemic. Is there any way that we can just put these boats in your warehouse? I'll try to find them homes. Um, you know, do you really be bailing me out. And I was like, this is either going to work or it's going to be the worst decision I ever made. And I think it was about two weeks later that MEC's like, hey, we'll take those boats. I mean, it literally happened so fast. And my phone just started ringing. I think, you know, I think it was two weeks to a month in. Nobody was getting boats. Everyone was selling as much as they could get. And, uh, And all those boats were gone. I think that happened in... May, by the middle of June, those boats were sold out, Um, and we were just saying yes to all of our containers. That really got us into a lot of shops, got us into a lot of doors, and uh, kind of paved the way for the end of Headwaters retail and the start of Headwaters distribution.
0: So you became, I mean, retail, from my perspective, everybody, my name is Ethan, I've been a rep in paddle sports for 23 years, and I have a little happy paddling website, which is basically just a way to kind of remind myself why I got into this, but also not call myself Eversol Distribution Inccom you know, just something yeah. fun to do. So it's geeky. And you know, now it's kind of just a cool little sign off that Dan you took adopted, which is awesome. And uh, hopefully, you know, people are can kind of see. So you have this really interesting transition that Dan made into repping and distributing. And I'm kind of going into my twenty third season and we've been helping each other and communicating this back and forth i mean we could make a a bunch of podcasts if we just put our marco polos out there but basically everybody would hate us (laughs) so because we are off gassing any of our challenges to each other going down the road using marco polo and so forth
1: yeah definitely through the (laughs) pandemic you were like you know kind of a guiding light for me it was such a challenging time and then the fact that we could like have each other to bounce ideas oh, off of. Oh, we both get pulled each it.
0: other out of lows. I wasn't a guiding, like then I'd be in a low and I'd see or hear you would tell me something you were doing. I was like, he's right, you know? Uh, and I would, like yeah. we saved each other in a lot of ways. Yeah, we so- got each
1: other paddling too. I remember that winter yeah. going paddling in like a green puffy jacket with snow on the banks. Just being like, this is where I need to be. Nothing else makes sense in my world. But paddling always brings me back to why am I doing this? Totally. And it's like, there's always inspiration that comes when that paddle hits the water. There's always something that clicks. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, I could do this. Or we could do it that way. And we ended up doing, we ended up dreaming up that joint road trip. You remember that? Yeah. Full pandemic, like mask up everywhere. We took two separate rigs and did a whole Pacific Northwest trip to see Eddie Line kayaks. Everything we did had to be so strategic. as like where we got fuel, how we were going to eat. Right. You know? But we ended up having the time of our lives. It was such a great trip.
0: We made, you know, if you're on Headwaters Kayaks YouTube channel, there's a video where we basically were going to go do something in Walmart and talk, and this was the height of the demand, yeah. and talk about their product, but they had nothing. Right. And so we were in there, and you know, now you really can't film in a Walmart, but we like walked all around the store, and you know, we never really showed anybody else, which was actually, because no one was really there, because mm-hmm. it was locked down in masks, and Jace basically picked through the shelves to find little kayak hacks and tools, but I mean, we were kind of just rolling with the punches, so we made a bunch of videos that week traveling mm-hmm. together all the way up to Washington. We ran the Cowlitz River with our friend Mike from Cowlitz uh, River Kayakers. Yep, and uh, he, he it was a fun like he, to you know he had a more of a perspective like the pandemic didn't
1: exist yeah we're all like trying to be real careful and he's like pile in my truck and we're like oh god
0: but we did it and it was kind of a, like a cool thing it made it extra special that we were all like in a little three-seater jam together like well all right now we're together let's go it, run this river
1: it was funny because we started that trip like all right we're gonna pump gas with gloves on we're gonna do all these things and then you get up there with mike and he's just like just hop in like we're being we, we, yep and i mean we kind of yeah we, we threw a little bit of a caution to the window uh out the window but that was a fun day. Remember, we did those. Uh, we had a bunch of cool kayaks and canoes with us, but we were with Mike, and it was like, well, when in Rome, let's paddle some cheap Walmart, yeah. whatever. Yeah, like so cheap- I was
0: in a lifetime, and you were in a perception, and yeah. we made a video on that too. So it's a couple of years back on the Cowlitz River. Um, we had a great time because it was like, they
1: were silly and fun. Yeah, exactly. It was like, not having to take ourselves too seriously. and it, right. yeah, it was such a great river trip. In perfect weather, you know. And then we did that. Remember we went to Bellingham and we did that game of canoe? Yeah. I don't think we ever finished that game. No. God, did we have fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so
0: We had perfect weather. Warm weather up at Lake Padden. If you're ever in Bellingham and just want a really safe lake, there's a trail around the whole lake. So, you know, there's people around the whole thing. But it's still nestled kind of in the valley of a forested area with mountains around so it's a city park it's a beautiful spot if you're ever in bellingham
1: yeah so- we uh we were just I, the concept was like we were going to try different freestyle solo canoe tricks and i was going to try to best ethan he was trying to best me and uh it ended up just being a circus act right at sunset and you you had a good swim. I oh, yeah, that. I
0: swam, for sure, for like 40 <laughs> minutes because I, I was insistent that I was going to climb back in the boat myself.
1: Oh, yeah. So uh, if, you, yeah, if you guys are bored and you have a few minutes, go find Game of Canoe on YouTube and uh, have yourself a laugh at our expense.
0: I hope that, you know, there are people, you know, we're kind of laughing about some fun, crazy stuff that happened, but we all know so much suffering happened. And I think, you know, we've all spent a lot of time framing that and – So it's kind of nice here to just talk with you with a bit of a smile and like the the good parts of it because we both had our chance and and so many people had just traumatic experiences. Um, You know, and so there's this whole where were we and it's been written about now. New York Times had an article about kayak demand. Where are we right now? Because I felt like going into this season, we wrote orders last summer into this. Everyone's like, yep, it's going to keep rolling along. Let's write some big orders and, you know, uh, we have a lot of money in our pockets. Let's get this uh-huh. done. I want to make sure I don't miss out on this last. This is the year we all are going to kind of be prepared for the tsunami of demand.
1: And And yep. uh, finally we'll, get caught up and we're really going to crush it in 2022. We figured demand would wane at 2023. But I think you and I both said several times, like, no, nah, I think it's going to roll on through 2022.
0: And most manufacturers did, too. And still, we're a, kind of a we don't totally know right now. This is you know, being recorded in the middle of May in Bend, Oregon. And, you know, we had snow on the ground a week ago, and today was blowing, 40 you know, 30 to 40 miles an hour in town.
1: Well, you know, that's the deal. That's the 2022 story so far is it's been this, like, trifecta with the the war in Ukraine definitely changed people's perspective. I know it changed my perspective of, you know, it just makes life feel a little bit more serious and real sometimes when, when you have war breakout in modern times, um, then the weather is just California and Oregon, you know, we didn't get much of a winter and then it really hit. So we've got this late winter or, you know, rain, wind. Um, and then the third thing is the you know, inflation, you know, the cost of everything went up. Our freight costs went crazy. Um, that's what I, that's what brings me here is me, I can't afford to LTL boats, so I've been running everything around with my own truck and trailer trying to keep uh, trying to keep boats and shops and meet whatever little demand is there at the moment
0: well the trucking industry you know also you know, as everybody knows and they've become a little bit more picky about their loads their routes they can really pick and the rates have gone crazy and that still continues right now um, and indeed Like manufacturers are having to figure out new models of how to ship boats. I just did a run to Los Angeles all the way back up to Seattle delivering boards myself for the same reason you're saying to ensure they get there okay and not damaged because they're still in certain categories of products that are being imported overseas that are big. There's delays still there too. Yeah, the ports are still a mess. So you're hearing, like, you know, you're hearing mass retailers like Walmart and Target that just came out, like, in their stocks. And they're saying, like, yeah, product would arrive late in the cycle. We wouldn't get all the time with it. So there's a lot of that going on where a lot of the retailers may have taken in orders that should have been in late summer and fall and brought them in early winter and said, well, we might as well take it while also still having planned orders coming in March and April. And it kind of snowballed all in a moment that if it had kept going, great. We're finding that in certain categories on the retail store, it doesn't take long for them to have more than they need, Yeah, especially in cold months.
1: Yeah, totally. If you miss that first turn and you're expecting four turns a season, like a lot of my um, shops I work with do full containers, you know, 65 kayaks, and maybe you're going to do that twice a summer. Well, if you get four extra weeks of cold weather that people aren't paddling, you know, it doesn't take long for those, you know, 65 kayak sales to turn into 30 kayak sales. And now you're sitting on 30 boats and you don't want another 60. Maybe you want 10 or 20 to fill in the gaps to see what happens. And that's kind of the mode we're in right now.
0: So light on our feet, we have a new puzzle. That was kind of what we were sitting down talking before. And it was like, wow, we had the puzzle of the last two years, manufacturers beefing up production, finding new places to source products that they couldn't get all the way down to raw materials. And now we're under a new thing where maybe some of these manufacturers still have ramped up production and inventory. The retailers are not sure where it's going to go. The consumer, you know, us paddlers, we don't know when it's going to get nice and how we're going to feel about our pocketbooks in two months, three months. And Mm -hmm. in those modes, it's probably all good to focus on the things that are the closest and that we need and that we, we, you know, the people that we love the most. And so you're seeing a little bit of that. I just assert that that can be done so beautifully paddling. I still am right there, like paddling. We just said that was the few things that anchored our sanity during COVID and it's the same way when there's hard economic times or things are more expensive is you can still just float on a river
1: yeah that's what I keep getting back to is you know when everything's going crazy and it feels like a mess uh, if I can get out and go paddling or if I can get a group out um, if we can get people together doing the sport all of a sudden it feels like it's okay we're you know we're all going to get through this I think the biggest thing for me this year is going to be getting back to the passion of it. Like, you know, in 2010, we started with almost nothing in paddle sports. Um, I mean, headwaters uh, as a business, but we had an active thriving community of people that love paddle sports. And I've always said, if there's an active community of people that love the sport, there's always going to be a need to support that community. So that's my plan is to just get back to paddling, uh, community events. You know, we're seeing demo days come back. So we be hitting a few of those, um, you know, we talked about your paddler's rendezvous you're doing later this season. and definitely looking forward to uh, to doing that, checking out Bend, Oregon with some folks. Uh, what else are we doing? That doing would
0: those- be, yeah, so in July, I'm just kind of getting a bunch of canoeists together on a group campground. I, we have three group campgrounds reserved. Some kayakers are coming, I believe, as well. And we're just going to paddle the local things around Bend. So I guess that'll be our version of kind of the anchor trip for this year, if you can make the time for it, that we're hanging out. Getting with people that are passionate about paddling, yeah, I love that. And just, I think, I think everybody needs to uh, find those opportunities. So, I was going to ask you when you were talking about getting back to the passion of it. What this spring or summer like? Do you? I think you were on your channel getting into like a different viewpoint a little bit, you know, you're getting help from your friends from Seth, um, who's been like just really skilled behind the camera and also in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, what is your kind of, are you trying to spread that a little bit more in your YouTube, like sharing that passion part of it? I mean, it was just so much of like education during COVID and now we can, people kind of can find that in other places.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, Basically, my channel has always been about information, education, boat walkthroughs, very sales driven. You know, I would want to have walkthroughs of boats that we sold, comparing boats that we sold, you know, this price point versus that price point. It was always sort of sales driven and and we still will do that. You know, I just, in fact, did a big walkthrough of what's available at box stores, what I thought the best values were, bought a kayak that I plan on testing. So we'll still have that on the channel. But I really wanted to get back to sharing the passion for paddle sports and my buddy Seth, he's a big time whitewater boater, an incredible videographer, and he's been kind of taking people along on some of those river adventures and getting back to showing people more aspects of the sport. You know, I feel like we engaged a lot of new paddlers and it's important to, if somebody just bought a recreational kayak and they're just getting into it, they may not know a thing about what whitewater kayaking looks like or sea kayaking looks like, or People that catch, you know, big fish in the ocean. There's so many cool aspects of our sport that uh, if somebody's just new and getting started, they probably aren't aware of.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Just showing them the different branches.
1: Yeah, for sure. There's so many places you can go with the sport. And my goal is that the enthusiasm that we have for it comes directly across through our videos. People pick up on that. And they're like, I want to be a part of that. And then also... That we can be kind of a conduit to help those people that are interested find good shops or good resources that can, you know, outfit them, excite them, uh, you know, clubs that they can get plugged into. So create this whole organism of paddle sports and try to sort of, you know, we have a really good base pyramid, but try to like add that next layer. And I think enthusiasts will be what gets you and I through this next season of paddle sports. You know, it kind of takes me back. You remember Penguin Paddlers days, like of course. 2007 to 2009. The their economy was kind of, well, not kind of, it was pretty whack at that point. Yeah, right. And we stuck with it. And what we were finding is that there were people that loved the sport, that wanted to grow in the sport, the people that were signing up for classes, people that were ready to take it a little more seriously. So I feel like we've built this big pyramid, this big base of new paddlers And there's a certain percentage of those people that are ready to take that next step, ready to take it to the next level. And uh, I feel like we need voices in paddle sports that are there to engage and excite and give people, you know, guiding light, get them somebody that's excited to share what paddle sports is. You know, I look back on uh, like Pacific Horizons videos or, uh, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think of, like, back, back in the day, Alder Creek was doing a lot of really rad stuff with sea kayaking and whitewater kayaking back then. You know, there was there were certain things that excited me about paddle sports, and a lot of those same things or same shops, like, uh, I don't know, I'm not going to name any shops, but they're getting older. They're slowing down. They're not sure. as engaged. So it's kind of up to, to us to, like, take that torch and kind of run with it, I feel like.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, you're right. There was, like the scenes going in different areas. Mm -hmm. Um, That's totally right. Speaking of which, a scene, a community, uh, a great branch to explore several aspects. The Boathouse, the Headwaters Boathouse is still going strong. You partnered with ABBA on that. And that has always been a kind of a community base. Yeah. You know, um, obviously there's all sorts of um, history behind it. Where are you going with that now?
1: Yeah, so the boathouse was always a branch of Headwaters Kayak. You know, we had the shop, and then we had our on-water location at uh, Headwaters Boathouse on Lodi Lake and the McCollum River. Uh, when I moved, I, I offered my manager, my longtime manager, uh, Abigail Christensen, the opportunity to buy in as a partner. Thankfully, she took me up on it, and she became a managing partner in that business. And she has always been super passionate about getting people on the water, particularly kids. That's always her passion. So she works with um, Girl Scouts, um, the visually impaired youth, the every school group in town, um, not for profits that focus on underserved youth in our community. Um, and then my kind of input has been with the three-day kayak excursions. I've hired Cameron. Well, not hired. I uh, Cameron's been with me for a long, long time, but I've employed him to take on these three-day kayak excursions. And the idea with these three-day excursions is we were doing all these one day, half day lessons. Like, here's how to hold your paddle. Here's how to forward stroke. Here's how to backstroke. Okay, next. And it was like a $35 deal. And I'm like, we're not really creating true paddlers with this. Uh, like, yeah, we, I want something that we have a day of full instruction, like a full day you're going to commit to. We're going to do rescues. We're going to learn strokes. We're going to go for a little paddle. We're going to implement these things we learned. Um, And then the second day we're going to go we're going to plan an adventure, we're going to talk to you about where we're going, why we're going there, what are the tides doing, you know, give you the tools to be successful and plan your own trip and give you the skills that we're going to work on throughout the three days. And then on the third day, we actually have our clients plan the trip based on what we've learned the first two days. Okay, we kind of measure the group, we talk about group dynamics. Um, How's everyone doing? How's what's everyone's skill level? What's everyone's, um, you know, exertion level kid is are we all ready to paddle 12 miles or is there somebody in the group that uh that lags out after four or five miles so group dynamics and then talking about uh tides we do it in the delta typically so we have tides we have navigation points and then we go do a 12 mile excursion and uh you know it's a little bit more committing than your typical entry level kayak class yeah and so far it's been phenomenal it's been the best thing that i mean i guess it's my opinion i mean we do a lot of good things but it's the most exciting thing that we're doing right now at the boathouse i mean
0: me. my kids 10 and 13 are going off to summer camp <laughs> and awesome. it's there four weeks we're bringing them back to minnesota where i'm from originally just to have them get a little bit of that midwest you know all of that and um and it's actually a camp that karen um went to as a kid so you know she's got fond memories though that they're still running tight protocol we can't even get there but the point of it is they line those camp events with different you know you have two events in the morning you can pick two events in the mm-hmm. and it goes for a length of time and any parent would go oh it's that length it's the immersion that's so key to the hook like my kid will hopefully be hook set with things that i can't necessarily do with them like sailing i know you do that with your kids um he'll have archery that you know i'm I, i'm very novice at so things that are really cool that he'll hopefully bring back to us and our family. And and she'll bring back as well with her side of things. Like she's going to have, um, you know, she's interested in kind of the different friend dynamics from all around the country. Point of it was, is you, it sounds like you're offering essentially like a, a slightly shortened, but immersive camp, summer camp yeah, for adults.
1: Yeah. You want to be a kayaker? Like you come to the three day excursion, you're gonna live, eat, sleep, breathe paddle sports. You're gonna wear a life jacket for eight hours a day. Yeah, get and that you're gonna just be stink,
0: right? Little, yeah. little, little, little synthetic under a dry suit. Well, we if do, we summer. do it.
1: We're in Lodi in the summer, yeah, dude. There's can... no dry suits going on. Uh, you're at not right?
0: doing it year round. <laughs> <laughs> you're not doing it year round. Yeah,
1: we did, we did do some. You know, we did do some stuff through the winter, but for the next few months, it's gonna be beautiful. Oh and awesome.
0: yeah, no, it's it's. Uh...
1: But totally, we want to make know, people into me... paddlers, into boaters, into like.
0: Yeah, I guess warm weather is part of that. Right? No, it, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> uncomfortable. Uh, you're right. It is board shorts and flip flops and tank top.
1: But I'll, you know, I'll use my uh, my kid as an example. We did the uh, high school mountain bike club. They they have a junior high series, so my kid started it in sixth grade this year. I signed on to be a coach, and when we started, he was, you know, he would ride, but you know, maybe we'd go ride a three four mile ride but practices consistently throughout the winter and small baby races this spring and just him consistently doing it and immersing himself in it like he became a true mountain biker he goes out and goes on big 15 mile rides and climbs 3,000 feet in a day and he's completely hooked on it like it it's he's fired up and that's what I want to do I don't want people to just like dabble and like oh yeah I paddle I have a a paddleboard that lives in my house and I inflate it three times a year and I'm a paddler. Like to me, like paddling is such a core part of who I am and such a I don't know, key part of my lifestyle, like my mental health. And I'd be doing people a disservice if I wasn't trying to get as many people on the water as I was as possible so they could share that.
0: Well, that is and I think probably every person that bought a boat had that intent almost every person had that intention that that's what they were going to do yeah and like right now my my bad weather sport well it's just you know on the couch and sweatpants sport (laughs) is to surf craigslist and facebook because right now the used stuff we're actually seeing the people that are moving on from it um like so the used market i mean part of this whole thing is just also talking boats and what we're seeing out there like what's cool and hot
1: dude i've been on the craigslist wait i have to stop you should see my side yard oh, yeah, right now i
0: had budget. i get to give myself a budget <laughs> you got a burrito wrap of boats a tarp all burrito wrapped
1: uh yeah two of them actually but yeah you know that is one thing i've noticed this year is there are a lot of folks that bought fancy boats and are selling them you know or people that have aged out of the sport i got some boats that were Bought new in two thousand seven, two thousand nine. Then I got there were like brand new time capsules of people just like that. That you know they used them three times a year for the first few years, and then they sat in a storage shed. I it,
0: I think there's all sorts of elements going on. I think there's people that might have bought boats at the beginning of the pandemic, and might even be upgrading and selling. There's some of that for sure. Or the kids outgrew the kids' boats. so that's now being listed. There's a bunch of high end nice boats that are coming out of the back of people's garages. Out of necessity, like, hey, we could use an extra couple, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. some money, like I'm seeing canoes and sea kayaks, or possibly it's like, I heard the market's hot, time to get my money before it pops, you know. Absolutely. There's a lot of that going on. I think there's a little bit of boat jockeying where people, you know, maybe paddle for a couple years and now just want to jockey over to something else, which I so encourage I just think boat jockeying and jumping into different boats is like the fun of the play. It helps like you're on a board one day, right? And then you're on a kayak the next day. Absolutely, it's all like, yeah. that's it's so fun to have the different angles of it. And then you're running a river the next day or whatever. Um, and three different types of craft. And also the weather dictates certain kinds of things. Like, so right now paddle boards, you know, the weather has been, that is the thing. Let's talk about, let's give a, a ranking of what caught up in the industry first. You know, paddle boards, inflatables, this going into the holidays, right?
1: Yep. Quick and easy to ship. All of a sudden, paddle boards became everywhere. So yeah, you know,
0: I saw Walmart's got one with all the fixings for $240. You said you saw one at yeah, Costco? Yeah. You know, the body
1: glove board, I saw that at Costco for 399 And then I saw an email thing go out for, I think it was one or two weeks at 319 with an electric pump. Nice. Wow. It's insane. I've,
0: well, you know, the thing is, is a lot of the application of an aboard like that is just going to the lake and it kind of sits there with the cooler and some people take it out and different people jump on it. They go around, they splash in, they come back and that's it. And like, if someone says that's what they're doing with it, it's, like, it's probably a good choice. It may end up in a landfill earlier. And if you decide to do something rugged, it might not be quite as tough. And the design might not quite be great if you're, trying. you know, for but, sure.
1: But, but for what it is. Their... Uh, let me give you an example here yeah. and we'll get back to what we're caught up on. But uh, I was at whiskey town Lake for the end of and we did a paddle party for the mountain bike club and people, a lot of people brought their own stuff. I brought all the demo boats, basically at a big demo day, but it's this giant cove at Brandy Creek at whiskey town Lake. And you can, you can go paddle the lake, but there was probably 40 people on the water. Um, some with our group, some not, I would say 50% of the paddle boards out there were inflatable. Those body glove boards and they never left the Cove. You know? It yep. was families hopping on it. There was dogs. There was kids. There were couples. And they were just paddling around the Cove, conversating, talking. I Nobody paddled more than a mile that day. But everyone was having this great time. Totally. totally. And for that, you Amen. know, it's a perfect tool for the job. Totally. Yeah. And then, I mean, uh, did they, some of
0: them... Yeah, so that caught up pretty quickly. I think there was a holiday blitz that they could be sold, but I started to see them discounting a little bit going into the holidays, which I hadn't seen. Right. So I was like, okay, boom. And now, of course, there's deals all over. And I went into Dick's, and there's just pile pyramid in the middle. You can barely walk through yeah, the Yeah, Pelican aisles. caught up. <laughs> yeah, and Pelican caught up. <laughs> For so sure. entry-level kayaks caught up. I saw kind of like January, February, March.
1: Yeah, I've seen it even with my feel-free kayaks. You know, we're not entry-level, but we're kind of that – to $1,500 price point, sort of our bread and butter. And yeah, shops are full. We were able to get caught up on production, get enough containers in, although most of them were late, but still, you know, they were two weeks late instead of two months late. So, you know, that caught up in, I think, you know, Adeline's Thermoform and uh, Composites are probably the last to get caught up. We're still pretty sold through. I think I just got a load of Stellars, and I think we have three left. And I know I was just talking to you. You were saying Eddie Line's still, what, end of the year? Yep. But yep. people have
0: stock. People have stock. So the customer's having a better experience. The person trying to get into paddling is actually having a great experience because there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of eager people. Everyone's looking for this weather to break. And I think it would be somewhat celebratory when it finally does, and people would be like, sweet. For sure. And biking and running and all that stuff, too. Um well so there you go so basically hand built light stuff is probably the last to catch up and certain things of that are now in the stores.
1: You know so- to circle back to what we were saying about buying experience I was just in uh, Tumalo Creek that's a shop here in Bend and you know last year they were they were trying to sell whatever they could get their hands on but it wasn't like a, I mean you couldn't call that a pro shop anybody last year. It was really hard to be a pro shop. Right. I mean my last year in 2020 it was like Oh, you came in for a sea kayak? Well, I've got this tandem double sit on top. You want it? Yes or no? Right. That's not how we want to do paddle sports. So walking into Tumelo today and seeing high-end paddles, a variety of sizes, uh, the full line of eddy lines, demos going out on the water, it's like, that's the experience customers should have. Yes, they're going to pay slightly more for it this year, but you're going to get a way better experience. So it's kind of exciting to me yeah. to like see it get back to that. Like, we can actually do our job as paddle sports experts Keep it,
0: yeah, keep people safe, help them safely car top. You know, that was even, that's, that was scary. That, that's still a little difficult um, to find some of those parts and pieces because yeah, they're racks. coming overseas. So we're still seeing right now overseas items, raw materials are still delayed. Ports in Southern California are delayed. You hear they're a little better north. On the East Coast, it's kind of been going okay over there. Um, let's take a quick break right now. Okay, And we're going to come back, and I'm going to do a little quick spot for a couple of our sponsors.
1: Okay, let's do it. Hey, so what's
0: your problem? I mean, that's the question that I ask when somebody is going home with their brand new boat. Suspends, canoe and kayak, storage and transport. They basically approached every possible scenario whether it's your kayak hanging in your garage so you can drop it right down onto the roof of your car or maybe you have a carport outside and you need to put the boats on the side in the shade you have a dock or you have a long carry to the water how i'm going to transport it that's what Suspense does they have storage solutions they have the art of the cart they have so many cart options for every shape that's out there so check out suspends canoe and kayak we have retailers up and down the west it's that bright yellow stands or the bright yellow wall storage racks you see out there that just kind of scream like, I love my boat. I'm going to take care of it, and I'm going to put it on the wall like this, and it's just crying and begging to get me back out the next time, and it's easy to do because the enemy of going paddling is the schlep. So make it easy with Suspense Storage and Transport.
1: This podcast is also brought to you by AquaBound paddles. If you're still using a heavy plastic paddle, you really owe it to yourself to check out AquaBound paddles. They're leaders in lightweight paddles, and the paddle makes as much of a difference as the kayak, you guys. Lightweight paddle is going to give you less fatigue throughout the day. You're going to be able to do more strokes, a thousand strokes for every mile. So the difference in a few grams makes a huge difference over the course of the day. The other thing is the lightweight blades on the AquaBound paddles is a the end, of the end of the paddle. So, your swing weight is significantly less. You're going to have less fatigue. You're going to have a better time on the water. Trust me on this. If you're not doing it already, get yourself a carbon fiber shaft, stingray, manta ray, or if you're ready to splurge, do yourself a favor and check out the Tango and Whiskey. It'll be the best investment you've ever made. Aquabound, Bound by Adventure.
0: All right, we're back. And so are demo days, right? And opportunities to get under the water as a community. What have you seen? What's coming?
1: Yeah, it's wild. We had two years without any demo days. And I mean, maybe shops were doing like demos one-on-one, but the old-fashioned line up all the boats on the beach and let people go nuts. Um, We just haven't seen it. And honestly, you and I talked about like maybe that formula is dead, but... The moment we saw a little bit of a downturn, that's the first thing we saw dealers start going back to is, all right, we need to do demo days. Get
0: people back out. And uh, you had Lodi Paddle Fest, which you hadn't done for years, which is three or 400 people, mainly not as much of a demo format, but just getting together and celebrating paddling, right? Yeah, yeah. Getting out in the water.
1: It used to be a crazy demo day where we had everything we sold. And don't get me wrong, it was a lot of fun, but it was stressful on me. This year was just a celebration of paddle sports. We had live music, food trucks. We had, I think, 100 pieces of equipment or so on the beach, all paddle boards, rental kayaks. Uh, We did have our whole Eddie Line demo fleet out there, but it was definitely more about just paddling and having fun, eating food, listening to music. Um, But more and more, we're seeing shops like uh, Oregon Paddle Sports comes to mind because theirs is coming up next month. Uh, They're doing a big demo event that we're both going to. And then we're also seeing littler, like evening demo spots at at shops where maybe they're having people pre sign up and limiting it to 20 people, you know, a little bit more intimate demos, which I I also think is a kind of a cool way to do it.
0: Yeah, I've been part of a couple of those. We did one at Alder Creek where they basically, you know, I think the willingness for people to sign up for something online has certainly gone up, you know, subscriptions, workout, fitness classes online. So, People are more willing to pre-register for these spots. And I, th- I think that could be a really exciting thing for pre-registering community type, you know, whether it's if you're shopping for a boat or 12 people that want to do group paddles, there will be more group outings, which the industry needs for instruction. So many people have gotten into boating and maybe over the last couple of years, because of the pandemic, didn't have the opportunity for teaching. So I'm hoping that a smaller scale And we're seeing some of those smaller scale demos give more opportunity for one-on-one and kind of mentoring people, guiding them through the boat purchase process. And the one we did for Alder Creek had hour and a half long spots, 12 people per that spot. And so everybody was able to get in the boat they wanted. People kind of made friends a little bit. Maybe only eight showed up for the hour here and there. So some of them were pretty relaxed and nice. And that worked too. So probably be a combination of what you want to accomplish if you want to as a store owner and community, get everybody together, you're still going to have the big super paddle fests and demo days.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think as a salesperson and an educator of paddle sports, I would much rather have a 12 on one where I can command everyone's attention. I can, you know, embark, impart all my information on folks. You know, I can show them how to hold their paddles. I can adjust their foot pegs properly. I can give them some tips to get them started as opposed to a big demo day where it just comes into a you know, jump in a boat, shove people off. It's really hard to provide a quality experience when you have 10 people trying to get 100 people at a time on the water. And then it's inevitable that you have four people there that want to try a Skylark. And there's some kid that doesn't belong in it that's been out paddling it for the past hour. Like, So
0: if you're talking to a local shop of yours or you have a community that's in touch with their local shop, I think the model that maybe you're a club, and, or you know a group of passionate Facebook group, you know group in your area to ask the store that is doing a big demo day if they're bringing them back to have VIP hours, and I think everybody like that, or not like in a just that it could be a little bit more controlled in the first couple hours, which is usually how it is. But I think that's always a nice kind of hybrid model: is pre-register for the morning and then open it up. And I think that's what Oregon Paddle Sports is doing. Awesome. And Eugene, the first morning is like going to be, you know, you had to have some intention, the boat you wanted to paddle, maybe fill out a form. And then the second half of the day is kind of like, yeah, it's warm now. Bring the kids down. Let's just all have fun. So I really like that because then I can wear the, let's all have fun part of the job yeah. in the afternoon and be all in on that and say, you know, I'm not shortchanging somebody that comes at two for an experience because you could have come at 10 and then you had a little more one-on-one and cleaner boats and stuff like that cleaner i like
1: gear. i like that idea a lot i hope more shops do that yep. you know we kind of decided to break it up a little bit like we had our paddle fest and then we're doing the ultralight demo day in june where we're working with the eddie line and stellar and having all the boats there having a more curated experience we decided to just do it on a completely separate day yep but it was inevitable that people were going to show up at Paddle Fest and want to demo. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, where's all your carbon bit. fiber boats? <laughs> I
0: want that. Uh, well, that's – I like that idea, the focused but still a comparative experience. Mm-hmm. I've done like Eddyline Line nights and I sometimes feel like oh, maybe that's like almost – if it's just one vendor, it's almost like Tupperware party or something. Like I do yeah. like having another colleague to there for you or whatever friend, like a little two-person – three person so it's like oh if you're in fishing he's got it for you so it doesn't have to just be so one-dimensional in the sport either and yeah some people buy two boats and have a fishing <laughs> boat and have a you know or whatever have a stand-up paddleboard and a boat
1: yeah so, and if people are looking like okay i think i want a lighter boat i've got this poly boat i think i want a lighter one the ability to come get an education and say like okay you have polyethylene you know what that's like so here's a couple options here's a thermoform option it's going to be lighter weight it's still going to have a plastic you know, finish. So it can take a little bit more of a beating. And if, you know, that works for you, that's probably a more robust option, but some people are going to want a lighter boat that weighs 30 pounds or 35 pounds. And they're willing to kind of baby it a little bit more to keep it looking new. Um, you know, and the best way to know that is to hop in some and feel it for yourself and pick them up and try to load them on your car. Um, that is the best, best thing you can do if you're looking to upgrade is come get an education.
0: So, one that i wanted to ask you about because you're doing stellar kayaks and i've paddled them and like the 18 or i think i was in that one day was just so mm-hmm. much fun and immediately you just go oh i want to get some fitness in this i want to glide let's go for sure and like you know is my heart is my Fitbit on it better be on i want this recorded you know yeah. like i i i do that with a canoe some evenings here too because it just lends itself to that the solo canoe that i have um but then there's the angle of people that really really do that and they're so passionate and they paddle daily right Um, There's communities that have that. How – I love that fitness side of things. Is there like a green circle, blue square version up to that race? Like who is – or how are you doing it to like, oh, I own an Line Equinox. It's awesome. But like I might want an 18 fly. No, I'm never putting gear in it. And no, it's never going to hit a rock because I'm just flat water flying. Or maybe it will hit a little bit, you know. But just – I feel like you see them
1: out there on group paddles. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I've been working with people for so long and had so many people on the water that occasionally you get the person that's just always off the front, their motor gets warmed up, and they want to go.
0: So, yeah, but they, there's such a chasm between us and then the hardcore race community.
1: That is true. Whatever, oh, is you know, a
0: middle level? Are you finding that with those boats? Like Definitely. Kind of, yeah. yeah.
1: People that care about the efficiency but aren't necessarily going to go yep. do a surf ski race in the bay or... You know, they're and I I think I I represent that person, you know, as a middle aged father of three that I have to keep myself in shape. I got to keep I can't just go like sit on the couch for two months and then go hop in my boat and paddle hard. It's just my body's like, no, we're not doing this. So I got to keep it up. And I really have been enjoying the fitness aspect of paddling. You know, I, I have a 16 foot sea kayak that's built. To fly, you know, it's built to go fast. It's not a surf ski. I mean, I have surf skis too, but I find my sixteen footer to f- still feel like my sea kayak. I can go out and click off eight to ten miles in it. I can average a nice four and a half mile pace, but I'm also comfortable and I can also take photos and I can also look at birds. And uh, for me, that's kind of like that that sweet spot, that balance. Um, and then I'm finding more and more people in my area that want to come out and do that sort of thing. That are like, oh, who's who's paddling? What kind of paddle is it? Are we, are we going to go do six miles or is it going to be one of those ones where we do three miles, you know, three miles at two miles an hour? Like you're not even going to get your heart rate up. You're just going out there for the leisure. And some people want to go out there and get a workout. And, uh, I, the older I get, the more I kind of find no, myself I'm, I'm leaning totally that way. I'm
0: into that. I'm,
1: I, you know, well love. you and I've done our sunset paddles or uh, full moon paddles here in Bend. Where you get the kids to bed, we throw a canoe or a couple kayaks on the on the car and we go hit the deschutes, and it's great. Yeah, because even like
0: an urban paddle, I mean, again, safety of course, like wherever you happen to be. But if you go to your like local most urban paddle, if it's comfortable waters, but you go at night, something that you're really familiar, you know where the rocks are and the stumps, and certainly some not currents that you can get swept under, and you build up to it like anything. Yeah. Disclaimer, but like it makes even the most like urban, just kind of boring daytime paddle where you might be like, I'm just in a culvert here, you know. <laughs> but at night, you're like, ooh, I'm yeah. flying. And you you feel it like, in a
1: different way at night. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like a VR headset. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. we were gonna do that later. My my youngest, eight year old, Chase saved up and three hundred dollars saved up over chores and so forth and for the his VR own setup. VR Oculus setup. And he's really balanced with it. He does it like once a week, um, uh-huh. but we got some, we got Darth Vader's and Star Wars
1: and. I have yet uh, to go down that road. I don't know that I'm I don't
0: that's how I'm gonna paddle in the future. No, <laughs> no, that's it. it. really works well with my introverted self. Just sit in your living room. <laughs> it's coming. It's oh, coming. I the, hope not. The virtual oh you'll be the you oh, fir- you'll be no. the first to monetize your videos on <laughs> three dimensional. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just go for a
1: paddle and I record it and then, then sell it to the VR world, like look. Oh totally. i paddle paddling with Dana Headwater. There it is. Oh my god. With the VR camera that does that. Yeah. Well, I won't count it out, but I, I want to be the one actually paddling, making the videos <laughs> and not the one sitting behind a screen <laughs> pretending I'm
0: paddling. But if it's part of the fitness club, you know, yeah, you're going to like Peloton style, right? Those yeah. are also road bikers.
1: Yeah. You know. I sh- could just see somebody sitting on their couch, chicken winging away with their arms. But I've
0: seen you getting a workout with the, uh, with you know, the, glo- the, 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 sin- what if you actually had a machine? So it was like the Peloton machine with the screen and your video, but it was a Peloton for paddle. What's that thing called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: Ergo uh, who, who, kayak. What? What is the name of that machine? They had. The it's like a rowing machine, machine but, for kayak. but you have a kayak paddle. And you're right. I used so to use those. So Peloton is
0: just that with a screen.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong.
0: And so you know, you'd be like, "Oh no, of course I paddle whenever I can get away. But if I only have an hour and a half hour and I want to just right. go jam yeah. it, I'm going to go paddle one of Dan's rivers virtually."
1: You're making me rethink that. That's not a bad idea, because I would actually probably do that more. I'm just thinking of my my own home life with like work and emails. There's lots of times where I can't necessarily make it out to the lake.
0: I wouldn't pay for your paddling. I would pay for Sean Morley's (laughs) paddling. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, somebody that's stunned. All right, we need to get Sean Morley in on this idea. Yeah, we need. We need. Yeah, we can't be the talent. It's yeah. just like any other webcam girl, Dan. You can't do yourself. You need some real <laughs> talent. So, Sean. You know,
1: sure, yeah, that would that's not a bad idea, man. Just uh, think you could like from, hire a pro. Uh, or,
0: I'm sorry, from Ben Lowry from... Uh, ben Snow. Lowry
1: would be a good one. That guy's got a forward stroke, man. That guy's there he goes. so forward, incredible.
0: Virtual forward stroking. I think ben he's Lowry. in his
1: 50s, dude, and he just absolutely crushes. Well, he's the know, fittest person I know. He
0: took the fork in the road, which wasn't like, yeah, let's get a couple IPAs and have a business lunch. Yeah. Instead, he got up at 5 and paddled and ate well. Yep. But at a certain point, I'd have to ask him his age. We should He might some... be in
1: his 60s, but he hasn't aged in right, the 15 the years I've known him. podcast
0: is bringing in like a couple of these pros that seem to not take the fork in the road, which is like beer gut, couch surfer, right? And uh-huh. what... Changes they made as like those middle aged men because I need to, I need to, make you need some inspiration yeah. <laughs> and ideas for
1: sure. Yeah, they would be out paddling instead of podcasting right now. That's that's the deal. All right, well,
0: let's go do some VR <laughs> then. All right, sounds good. Man.
1: Are we gonna wrap this thing I up then? So, all right, man. Yeah. Well, it was super good to catch up. I appreciate you opening up your basement to me, man. And your driveway, my rig is parked out in your driveway. And I'm looking forward to a flat night's sleep.
0: Oh, uh, it's great. Hey, everybody, follow Dan on Headwaters Kayak, uh, Instagram, YouTube, um, his website. It's all fun His Instagram stories are, you know, where you can really get some of uh, the rep life now. Um, I'm Ethan with Happy Paddling. You'll uh, see me out on the road with my buddy Nick, who helps me along. And we hope to see you in person at one of these events. You can check out Headwaters Kayak or HappyPaddling.com to see our schedules. All right. Thanks again.